What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Geekiverse spoiler cast for what movie we talking about, man? Planet of the Apes. Yes, that's right. The third and final in this reboot trilogy of sorts. Yeah. Hopefully not the Hopefully last. Hopefully not the, yeah, the last. Yes. Better believe it. This was so so good. Uh, it was slated to come out last year at one point. Um, got delayed to this summer. Now we just saw it over the weekend. You saw more than just one Planet of the Apes movie last week. Though. Oh, man. I was one of those crazy people that did the eight-hour triple feature um, of Rise, Dawn, and War of Planet of the Apes on Wednesday. So I got to see it before um, the regular premiere, um, and it was awesome. That is so some good. dedication. <laughs> you are a true yeah. Apes fan. <laughs> and I got to drag my whole family along with me. They did not have a choice in the matter. So... What, uh, what what was that like? Where like was anybody dressed up? Where was it? Oh, I was so hoping it was gonna be a Big Bang Theory moment. Where, yeah. Like, we, like oh, everybody went chimp with the masks. No one did though. But there was <laughs> no orangutans. No orangutans, ah. sadly. Um, but there was a grand total of eleven people in the audience um, for the entire time. For the entire time, which was actually kind of cool because it was kind of like a slumber party almost. <laughs> like we all walked in with our giant buckets of refillable popcorn and our giant things of refillable soda and we're like yeah let's do this so i mean that's that's a task in itself but you know what if there's any trilogy that you do it for there may have been no, you uh, know, it was, nothing more consistent and from it was the last perfect years. because there were so many things that if you weren't watching the previous films you would have missed so much right um so it was almost perfect to see it like one right after the other yeah there's so many callbacks um, between the different movies then I noticed a lot in this last yes. one. Um, so before we get any further, it should go without saying this is a spoiler cast. We are going headlong into this movie. If you have not seen it yet, turn away now. Go to one of our many other podcasts here on SoundCloud because we're going to be dissecting this entire movie and we're going to be spoiling it pretty heavy. So don't want to give it all away for you. With that said, what a great, what a great movie. This it was, was fantastic. Uh, it was the perfect ending to an already fantastic story. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of people saying that this is, you know, one of the strongest conclusions. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. Um, strongest conclusion to any trilogy ever. Best movie and of the it, summer. And it, I, I think it, I think it lives up to it. I think this is the best film trilogy since The Lord of the Rings, and uh, definitely a contender for one of the best of all time. I would have to agree with that. I mean, again, just with the consistency um, and the quality in each and every one, I feel like. The characters got more interesting. The story got so much deeper and darker. And just overall, it just, I felt like it built on itself so beautifully. And it, each movie got better than the one before it, which is hard to do. Yeah, that's very rare. And I feel like that was the case. I feel like, you know, Rise was very good. Dawn stepped it up. And then somehow War stepped it up. Just from blew it Dawn, away. Which is, yeah, like you said, like I said, very, very rare. You, you almost never see that. Usually there's some kind of dip, some kind of stumble along the way. But no, this just kept ramping up, ramping up with each new movie. And that's, I mean, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, And it was so interesting because like we all know how the story's going to end. Right. We all know that Rise, Dawn, and War leads to Planet of the Apes. We know how this ends. And yet, you're still so intrigued and you want to know not so much what's going to happen, but how is it going to happen? And why does it happen? Like, why do the apes rise up? How do they become the very top of the evolutionary chain? What happens? Um, and I think this just did a fantastic job at explaining all of that. Didn't stop the ending from hurting oh. so bad, though. And again, you knew, you knew, like, yeah. Caesar's story is a trilogy. And, right. uh, 
But we'll get to that later. Yes. <laughs> Let's, um, you said before, this was a very dark movie, and I would agree with that in full. This was one of the most, you know, grim, somber Planet of the Apes out there. and um, From the very beginning. Right, you're right. You start off with a fantastic action sequence. Yes, between, it's like you hit the ground running. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I loved when you were seeing the shots of the soldiers walking through the woods. They have, like, monkey, uh, monkey killer and mm-hmm. other monikers on their helmets. Um, and then some of the fighting starts. It looks like the apes are going to take into them pretty good. And then the apes just come barreling uh, through. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, snap of a finger and it's it's over with um, that shot of them. All of the spears and arrows raining down at oh. once was, you know, terrifying. It was brilliantly shot. It looked fantastic. The smoke, the haze. Mm-hmm. You hear guys, you know, you know, screaming out, dying, but you can't quite see all of them because of the fog. It was, it was a great opening sequence, and that definitely set the mood, I feel like, for what would uh, be the rest of the movie, which was so hard to watch at times. Um, like I said, very, very grim, but at the same but at the same time, just phenomenal. So um, captivating. Yeah, and I felt like, even though, like, it was kind of hard because it didn't really always feel like a war, but there were times, especially in the beginning, where you're like, yes, th- we are in the middle of a war for the planet. And it's, you know, winner takes all for whichever species ends up winning, whether it's the humans or the apes. And I feel like knowing that and going into the movie knowing that, it adds this tension that you know that no one is safe. Um, you know, there's going to be casualties on both sides of the war and, you know, you almost like you're watching and in a way you see the humans fall and you're like, yeah, go apes. And then you actually stop and you think about it and you're like, wait a second, like I should not be rooting for the apes because that's my downfall. This is how my world ends. But at the same time, I feel like it was just so well done that you couldn't help but root for the apes. And um, the the movie quickly made you want to root for the apes when uh another action sequence happened very early on Ugh. at the apes um stronghold hideout i don't know what you would really yeah, call it. fortress that. or yeah behind the waterfall so you know unlike the previous two movies we start off with an action sequence dawn and yes. rise built up to action whereas war just you know right out of the gate got uh started with that and then it wasted absolutely no time whatsoever with one of the darkest saddest moments that we've seen in any Planet of the Apes movie, which was um, Cornelia's and Bright, uh, Bright Eyes' death. Bright Eyes oh, and Blue Eyes. Blue Eyes, that's yes. right. Um, you don't you don't see it happen, but you see the aftermath uh, of it. And like, it's I, heartbreaking. I just remember sitting there thinking, like, did I miss something? That Did, did the wife and son just die? Right. Especially, like, Blue Eyes, I felt like the wife was kind of, not a throwaway character, but, like, you never really saw much of her, but Blue Eyes went through this beautiful storyline in Dawn for the Planet of the Apes, or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, with Koba and him, you know, trying to find his place in the world with his father being kind of the king of the apes, and, like, how he feels about that. And then they just, they killed him after him finally, like, having this great storyline and this character development, which, I mean, I kind of related it to Wash from Firefly. Like, it was one of those, uh, spoiler yeah. alert, it's one of those character deaths where it, like, breaks your heart for happening, but at the same time, it is a catalyst right, for the hero and the rest of their story. And, like, you know, C- Caesar's been through so much just, at the, just, you know, toward the start of this movie, then never mind what comes afterwards, which is also harrowing. Um, but then it, it, it's like, you know, this kind of like, that breaks him, 
but it drives him to an emotional level of you know vengeance, um, hatred of man, and just that he's never he's never been there before. Right. He, he's, he's always loved close. the humans. He's and, come close before, mm-hmm. but he's never gone over the edge like he did here. And yeah. I, I mean, if anything were to you know drive him to that state, it was this. That would be it. Yeah, and it made him very much like Koba. That's what everyone kept saying. Yep. You're turning into Koba, and it's like all of Dawn. He was trying to be anything but Koba. And in this, he's following down that very dark path that Koba ended on and it didn't end well for him. I love the illusions or um, like, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like, like, like the, the dream, dream sequences? Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they were like, you know, him hallucinating or mm-hmm. if he was just like dreaming it. But I love that they, I love that they just brought Koba back all together for, <laughs> just for a he's couple like shots. He's like one of those like terrifying characters. Well, you know, his presence lingers with the tribe and the community of it's apes a, It's almost like a scar that's yes. been left on them. Right. Um, you even see it with the apes that have turned and they've joined the humans, That's right. you know, the donkeys, um, which kind of bothered me because I'm like, Koba hated humans so much so that he basically destroyed any hope for peace with them. But also, I guess, like the enemy of my enemy, you know, Koba and Caesar did not get along well. And so, in you know, in turn, Koba's apes are kind of turning against Caesar. Um, but I just loved that he's still kind of like this phantom that still just haunts Caesar That's a good and way the to others. He yeah. them. Yes. Yep. And like you see that all throughout the film, whether they're, yeah, like you said, dream sequences or hallucinations. Um, he's constantly there. Um, and in a way, it's kind of nice because it almost reminds Caesar, this is a path that I don't want to go down because yeah. it, it just is not going to end well. Right. Because, you know, he's still, you know, even after the tragedy he suffers early on in this movie, he's still got Cornelius. He's still yes. got a very young Which I son. I loved that his name is Cornelius. I know. That's great, it isn't it? Made me so happy. <laughs> oh, that, that's definitely foretelling something. Oh, yes. That's, that's foreshadowing something. There, <gasps> movie number four, maybe? Yes, for real. Um, <laughs> we'll chat about that later yes. because I got plenty of thoughts and I'm sure you do too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, the Colonel, played by uh, Woody Harrelson, comes in and a couple deaths happen. This leads to Caesar and a couple of his closest followers heading out to hunt him down. They eventually come upon a mute little girl who they take under their wing. Um, I don't know about you, but I didn't really understand the mute thing at first. And then because we saw they came upon some soldiers who were... You know, seemingly executed, yes. who are also mute, and I thought that was a great mystery. I, did Did you catch what would eventually be the answer to that uh, right away? Because I didn't, I didn't understand it until it was finally revealed. I don't it, know. I didn't really understand, um, like the actual end result. But even watching video clips and trailers, because I was, I mean, I was obsessed with this movie before it came out. Yeah, this is your baby. Yeah, this is my baby. I love Planet of the Apes for the last twenty years. Um, but. When I was watching these trailers, and I knew that the girl's name would end up being Nova, which is another nod to the Charlton Heston version. Yeah. Um, and But you never saw her speak or anything in any of these clips or trailers. So right away, I'm like, she's got to be mute. Um, this is the start of the humans not speaking in the Planet of the Apes. So I thought she was just, you know, born mute. She just she doesn't speak. Maybe she was an orphan. She never really had any human interaction. So she's kind of more on the primitive animalistic side, which again would lead more to how the humans are in the planet of the apes. Um, so that was just kind of like all I really thought was that she would be the start of mute humans that we would later see. Um, but the fact that you know we find out from Woody Harrelson's character that this is a mutation from the simian flu that causes 
those who were genetically immune to it in the beginning, those who didn't die out right away, it's now mutated and it has, you know, you turn mute and you kind of almost revert to a primitive state. Um, and in that moment, you're like, oh my gosh, okay, it all makes sense now. Um, so I kind of had a feeling that she would, you know, be the start of the mute humans, but not to the point that it would be the flu that wiped out the human race to begin with. That right. would be the catalyst of it. Yeah, it just it goes to show no one's safe. Yes, and no it's so is, scary. It is. Because it's one of those things where, you know, in the original Planet of the Apes films, a lot of it was about, you know, nuclear warfare and the effects of radiation. And in this remake, it's more of viruses and flus and superbugs. And I think in today's day and age, that's a big concern of people all over the world. And it's one of those things that it's not entirely impossible. Something like this could happen. Yeah, you know, there there is a bit of, you know, there's a there's a degree of silliness, I guess, if you would call it that. You to have this to suspend whole a little bit. You, you of do. You do have to spend, but it all the science there is very grounded, and it's not so complex that the average viewer couldn't understand. Yes, it. absolutely. Uh, and it does all feel very believable. I loved that Rise focused on. Um, you know, Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. dementia. It was the science that, right. like, these. this is things that scientists are working on right now. And who's to say, you know, in 20, 30 years, something like this couldn't happen. Right, because those are two diseases that are still very rampant today and that the medical fields are trying to find a cure for, but not without the, you know, without the success that we would like. So it these movies almost play on... Um, fears that are still around today. Yes. Whereas back in the day, it was, are we all going to die because of nuclear warfare? Are we all going to you know, go up in a mushroom cloud? Yeah, all of this, uh, it's so interesting. All the stories, I think the reason why they're so successful is that they are very subjective and like you can, I don't know how to describe it. Like basically it's like, it, it kind of, caters to the time that it's coming out so the ones from the 60s and 70s you're in the middle of the cold war yeah um we're going to tell a story um for an audience in the middle of a cold war and now we have this you know this new reboot coming out and we're going to tell the story for you know the people in the age of science and medical advancements and things like that and i think that is one of the reasons why um this series is has been so successful for almost 50 years now um we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of it i believe um, next year. Yeah, 68. Yeah, wow. I don't think I realized that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's proven that it can withstand the test of time. Obviously, yeah. So. Uh, too bad they couldn't have a movie come out in time for next year to celebrate the 50th. Oh, here's hoping, maybe. maybe like a TV series or something like that? Yeah, you never know. bring that back, hey. Um, all right, so talked about the girl. We talked about Nova specifically. Um, we learned why she was mute at some point in the movie then. Let's talk about Woody Harrelson's character. We talked about some of the dastardly things that he oh, did. Oh, he is um, such a beautiful villain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, oh, he was just... I mean, I love Caesar. I love the character of Caesar. But to ha- find an adversary that could just meet him so perfectly... Woody Harrelson did a fantastic job, I felt. Yeah, he had a wonderful performance in this. Um, and it's amazing when you look at it because he does some absolutely horrible, horrible things to the apes. Makes the audience hate his guts. But then eventually when you find out his reasoning, you realize that he's not evil. Like, he's an antagonist, but he's not a villain. Yes. Which is the mo- which is like the craziest, almost kind of like creepiest thing to feel as the audience because you hate this guy's guts and you want to see something horrible happen to him. But in the back of your mind, you have to admit that he's not... He's not that bad. Yeah. And There's a reason doing, why yeah, he's doing right. this. And it's it's 
You agree uh, with it too yes. almost. That's the creepiest part. If you're like, part. well, if I was in this situation, you know, we learn in in his ex- explanation of the simian flu and how it's mutated that it happened to his son, his own son. Um, the virus mutated inside of him and his son went mute. Um, so he had to kill his son. Um, since then, he's killed his soldiers. Um, he will stop at nothing um, until this virus stops mutating and that the humans can once again kind of rule over the apes. Um and because of that, like you hear his tragic backstory and you go from, yeah, you said like hating his guts, like you are a terrible person to it almost being honorable and understandable why you act the way you do. And I think that's kudos to the writers and the director because you you made a villain somewhat likable. Yeah. And but in this trilogy and I, I would say probably the entire series as a whole has always had gray ambiguous villains um between dr zayas from the original um uh gary oldman's character from dawn plan of the apes yes um coba coba especially i mean you always understand where they're coming from and you can't fault them for that yeah the only one that i would say really (laughs) i know what you're gonna say jacobs yeah yeah he's really the only one that's just straight villain you're terrible right um that's really the only one because otherwise they're always you know like they're they're, they 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 go into this blurred area where, yeah, some of the stuff you're doing is kind of over the line, but it's justified because you have no noble or at least sensible intentions. Yes. You know, Woody Harrelson's character, the colonel, yeah, he does terrible stuff, but he's doing it all in the name of pre- uh, preserving his species, which is rapidly dying out in front of him for reasons that he had nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the one that made that virus. He wasn't the one that set it loose, that you know, mistreated the apes when they were in captivity at any of the science labs or anything like that. So all you know, this catastrophe that's swept the globe, basically, he didn't ask for any of this. He had no part in that. It's, as, the, as the viewer, you hate to see him do what he's doing to the apes because you've watched these apes for three movies now. Yes, yeah, so you've fallen you, in love with right. them. For Woody Harrelson's character, he doesn't have that connection. So he's, you know, he doesn't mind basically crucifying one of them and killing them. Whereas for the audience, you hate that. And like I said, it goes back to that whole thing. You absolutely despise him for what he's doing. But in the back of your mind, you're, you, you can't condemn him all the way. Great, great writing. Woody, and his performance just knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Like he just like bordered on insane but again, Which is ironic. Like, yeah, 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 true. <laughs> I, I, you know, I kind of laughed anytime I saw him basically, pour, you know, pouring alcohol into yeah. his drink, taking a slug from his flask. And I wondered if that's just, OK, this is a very stressful job he has. Now, yeah. he, I would want to drink, too. There was a reason for why he was probably doing that, though. Yeah. And that was another twist that I did not see coming, that he would eventually succumb to the mutation itself and start reverting back to that primal state where he can't talk, where he really can't do anything. Yeah. He's just laying there, you know, almost begging Caesar to just end it for him. Um, And it's kind of like, it's interesting that the tables have turned completely on the Colonel and now you are at the mercy of, you know, your enemy. Yeah. I was so amazed at how consistently this movie surprised me between the explanation for why people were reverting back to their uh, primitive stages and going mute. Um, Woody Harrelson's character eventually reverting back to that. And then also when he revealed why he brought all the apes to that military base and why they were building the wall. Mm -hmm. When he did that, I assumed it was just, okay, hey, this is cheap slave labor. Exactly. I never expected, oh, there's another army coming and you're at war with them. And like that was so interesting to me. It was like, because the whole time I'm like, all right, it's war for the planet of the apes. It's war for the planet of the apes. Where's the war? Right. Like, and 
to then have the war come and it's the humans versus the humans and the apes just trying to get the hell out of there and just survive. Yeah. Like it ends up being humanity destroys itself and the apes are there at the end of it all with there's nothing left. So, of course, they're the kingpin. If I have any objective criticism movie, it's maybe that I wanted to see the apes get involved in the action more yes, for that me final too. sequence because you know after you know basically the hell you see um the colonel put them through you want to see them get a little bit of comeuppance you want to see them fight for themselves but at the same time it makes sense where like you said they're not they're not the ones at war they're just trying to survive this whole story was about them trying to survive them trying to find some semblance of peace in this crazy world where humans are just destroying it left and right and that has been the story throughout this whole trilogy it's always been about the apes just trying to find that peace for themselves uh, in rise when they fought with the police on the golden, golden gate, gate bridge. bridge they weren't going there because they wanted to take down the police they were just trying to get to the woods yes in dawn caesar was just trying to keep his community together yeah. they and, even thought the humans were gone for a while right they, they like uh, i think it was maurice that mentioned yes at the beginning. like two years we haven't right. seen them i love maurice me too he's my <laughs> let's favorite just, yeah, let's just segue right to that i love maurice <laughs> i love maurice i love that he started talking this a bit and i oh. love and, and the, he is kind of a microcosm for that because slowly over the course of the three movies um caesar especially caesar becomes especially eloquent Yo, oh yeah he's got movie. more dialogue than anyone right. else right he, he he starts to articulate himself better and better with each new movie and now some of the apes who previously could only do sign are talking yes reese has a few lines i think rocket even had a couple lines of dialogue. i think so i think he did right uh, so, I, think, I mean you have bad ape bad who is ape, completely yeah. i loved him too he got right up there with me too i was like oh bad ape. i felt so bad for bad ape oh. when they when they were sitting down with him in his hut and he's um, like, you can just tell like years have gone by where he has not seen a right. soul. He's just, he's seen so much and endured so much hardship over the years. That, like he's kind of like, like he's like forever broken. Like he's scared by all of this. Yes. Uh, but uh, Maurice. Maurice. Maurice is my favorite. Yeah. Um, Maurice is a great character. Uh, he, he's, yeah, as Caesar is, you know, kind of going over the edge into this vengeful hatred territory. Maurice is always the one that's trying to pull, pull him back. back. He's trying to keep him grounded. Yes. And I think he, in the end, he does succeed in that um, because Caesar did not go down that path. Right. Um, he came close a couple times, but even when he did have that chance to kill the Colonel, he didn't. He, he gave it to the Colonel. It's your job to kind of end your own life. I'm not going to take it from you. And I wanted to see him kill the Colonel. I did. <laughs> I, you know, sitting there, I want. I was sitting there thinking, God, please pull the please trigger, just Caesar. Pull the trigger. Do it for do it for the apes. And then when he doesn't, it's almost like, yeah, you're the better man, Caesar. You're, you're <laughs> not even a man. You're an ape, but you're a better man yep. than I am because I totally would have done that. And that speaks to how, even though Caesar is an ape, there's there's so much humanity in it. Yes. You know, well, they, and I they love humanize the, these characters. The, it's unbelievable. And like the tagline that they had was not all heroes are human. Yeah. And I thought, like, that's fantastic. And, like, you know, they really do add this humanity, especially in this movie, I felt. Because he almost had kind of like a biblical, I don't know, like, storyline where he, like, the rise to power. And he was almost seemed like this perfect messiah to the apes. And in, you know, the older movies, they kind of do see him as a god. You know, as Caesar. Um, all hail Caesar and things like that. Um, the statue crying. But, yeah. The oh, well, that's the just, let's not thing. talk about that. That was just weird. <laughs> Um, but every ending is crazy it's so, in, in yeah, ape it's movie. true it's true um but i feel like in this movie for the first time we saw caesar's humanity where he is struggling with the darkness inside of him yeah definitely i mean when he's going down that path that Kobo went down and he's on the road for revenge 
you know, he fails, he falls and like he falls really low a couple times where he's you know in that internment camp and he's you know hanging basically on a cross in the winter and he's you know they're pouring water on him i mean he's at the lowest of low his son is dead he's on a mission for revenge and he's basically freezing to death um and i think that really it brought so much humanity to a a computer animated chimpanzee right and that's all thanks to andy circus's oh, performance he was brilliant give that man an oscar uh, nomination. he deserves an oscar for caesar right you oh. know like last year everybody got behind leonardo dicaprio there was the hashtag give yes. leo his oscar i say this year give, give circus yes, his oscar i'm gonna start that yes. i'm sure someone hashtag. else i'm sure someone else on twitter has already started that some big crazy uh, apes or andy circus fan but i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on that too tonight yes he deserves it so much it. Snow, what's that <laughs> Oh, oh, he shouldn't get it. No, not not for Snoke, for Cesar. Um, but Man, I, Star Wars uh, fanboy over here. He, he's just <laughs> mad that I said that this was the better trilogy. No, than, I know. Than, yeah, <laughs> I saw that glare. No. Um, but Andy Serkis, phenomenal. Like, yeah. I remember, I mean, going back to him as Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, phenomenal. He just blazed that trail for that, like, motion capture performance and you've just seen him go from caesar in rise all the way through and he's just uh, it's just gotten so much more beautiful to watch in a way that he has just perfected this art and brought it to another level and i think like caesar's charisma and his just overall almost overwhelming power that he has over the apes and the humans and even the audience is a hundred percent Absolutely. Andy Serkis. And I mean, you look at Andy Serkis's body of work. It is fantastic. It's, it's second to none. He's been, like you said, he's been Gollum. He's been Caesar. He's been King Kong. King Kong, yes. Unbelievable what this guy has done. Um, he, he Obviously, he was not the only fantastic motion capture actor in this. You had Steve Zahn playing Batty. Yep. You had Terry Norrie um, coming back as Rocket. Uh, Toby Kebble returned for those brief sequences where he was Koba. Uh, Toby Kebble actually... Yes, you know what? He was he or he partially played King Kong in Skull Island from okay. this year. So he, you know, he had a little he had he's done two, you know, iconic ape characters yeah. now <laughs> at this point. Um uh who oh Judy Greer was Cornelia. And I never realized that mm-hmm. up until uh, just a couple of days ago, I was looking through the cast, and I, I had no idea that was her, even yeah. in Donna playing of the Apes. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure she ended up also playing Cornelius in this yes, as well. From that's what I'm reading, it looks like. So, I mean, and it's just amazing because, like, you see these names and these actors and they're just, you look at these characters and you're like, I feel like I can reach my hand out and, like, touch your face and I would feel the fur. I would just feel, like, the wrinkles and stuff of your face. And it's just, it's amazing how far the technology has come to being able to capture these actors and their facial expressions. Yeah, the CGI is insane. Yeah, and I'm, I hate CGI. Like, it's, like, one of those things that drives me insane because it does not age well. But... You know, sitting in the theater, watching all three of the movies at the same time, not the same time, but back to back. I was like, you know, it aged not fantastic, but where we're at now to see from where we came is just fantastic. 
Yeah, I I did not watch them all in a row like you did. I watched. <laughs> Probably I, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I watched Rise on the Wednesday night before War came out. I watched Dawn on the Thursday night, and then I saw War on Friday like that. And I know I noticed that it, it, the CGI progressively got better between movies. Um, it still looks great in Rise, but I saw it get far more detailed, far more intricate for Dawn, mm-hmm. and then I saw it take it to this level in War, which is. I don't know if there's another movie that does CGI quite like this. Like you said, the hair, um, the skin, the fur. Even like the teeth and stuff. You're yeah. like, they look wet. Like, how did you do this? Like those close-ups, of, sorry, close-ups, I should say, of Maurice's <laughs> face. Like you could see the padding yes. on his on his face. Oh, it's phenomenal. Like that's That's incredibly hard to get right. It almost looks like it's a prosthetic instead of CGI. Yes, it, it looks, looks like real. Should... Like you have a real-life orangutan sitting in front of you, like doing sign language. That's amazing. Haven't but, you adopted an orangutan? Or, or am I... Com- I or, did. Okay. Yes, I, I I'm a foster I, mom of an orangutan named Meryl. I thought I saw that in the in our Geekiverse <laughs> chat the other orangutan- day. I wasn't sure. Orangutans are my favorite primate and one of my favorite animals. And that's why you love Maurice. Yes, it they, is. They are pretty cool. I mean, Maurice is just fabulous he in is. and of itself, but... He is. But I love orangutans, so I'm slightly partial. I'm very glad that Maurice survived all this. Me too. I got Un- nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, someone did not survive all this. Yeah, um, I I gotta be honest. I was holding back a couple. I was holding back some misty eyes during that last scene. I didn't hold back at all. <laughs> I didn't hold back. I was done. Yeah. <laughs> After it, eight hours, and then mm, like that was the ending that I got. I was just like, <laughs> just let waterworks came on, huh? Yes, yes. And it was just so beautiful because like everything that he that has happened in the last three movies has led up to literally this moment. Of them finding this safe haven for the apes. Right. Um, no humans to bother them. They can finally be at peace and just be together for the like a family. He was always so focused on his family. And finally he found a safe place for his family. But... <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk about the definitive bittersweet ending. I don't think there's any better <laughs> example than this. Because on one hand... All the apes have finally found their peace. There's no warfare around them. There's no humans to mess with. They're in this idyllic, you know, safe haven. Like the Great Valley from the land before time. (laughs) You're so happy for all of them. You're happy to see Nova, Maurice, Cornelius, Rocket. You're glad to see all of them, you know, find that peace now. And yet you're heartbroken to see that Caesar unfortunately dies right as they get there. Yep. After Uh, everything he's been through, he's been shot yeah. multiple times that's right he has it's been shot like, you've survived so much and it was that stupid soldier yeah I, that caesar let the go crossbow. that's right he did let him yes go. in the very first scene after the first battle they kidnap about oh, I never thought probably of four or five pow's and one of them like he's like you're him you're caesar we've been looking for you and caesar lets them go because he's offering them peace and that little sob keeps <laughs> popping up over and over and over again with his stupid crossbow and he's the one that ends up shooting and killing caesar i can't understate uh, amanda's restraint right now for only abbreviating sob instead of outright calling the man what she wanted to thank you <laughs> It, it, but like this is this is par for the course because every Planet of the Apes movie ends with some kind of wild, emotional, or thought-provoking ending. Yeah, the original, which is probably one of the greatest twist endings of all time. It, it's up there. It's in the uh, top five. It's fantastic. Top 10. It's as good as I am your father. Yeah. I feel. Um, beneath Planet of the Apes, the world blows up. So that was that was that. Yep. Um, Escape from Planet of the Apes has an outright depressing. Yes, ending. Cornelius and Zira. Yeah. 
and spoiler you, alert! <laughs> you think the baby gets shot? It's like, yes. Oh, oh my god. gosh! You're like, oh geez, we're we're done. It yeah, was a trilogy. That, br- it was a G-rated movie too. Which <gasps> was it really? Yeah. Ba- I mean, obviously back then you the had what G and PG. Yeah, the ratings back then were completely bonkers compared to what they are now. But yeah, that was a G-rated movie back then. You have that. You have it ending like that. Um, Conquest has a very somber ending where you know his speech to the soldier mm-hmm. basically saying hey this is our planet now yep. um and then bat- <laughs> battle with the, the, the statue the crying, crying statue uh, I, I, so I, I don't know what to make of that that was that was just like okay rise has rise has, <laughs> it's silly to say like rise has like the, the least, happiest yeah, ending the happiest ending even though it's you know caesar saying goodbye to his best friend his father figure basically yeah. dawn had the cliffhanger ending and now this this was probably the most heartbreaking of all. This is the one that this is the only one that ever brought me to tears. Yeah, it's like you you've watched Caesar for three movies straight. You've literally watched him grow up. You yeah. watched him from a tiny little baby, yeah, a newborn. Yeah, you see him grow. You see him the, the adolescent. You see him as the, you know what the equivalent would be like a young man mm-hmm. becoming the leader of his tribe, the leader of his community of apes. Then you see him become this grizzled, worn down veteran kind of, and then you see him you see him pass it's on. Just, it's just brutal. Uh, Oh, it's it, it really st- it's still sticking with me. I can see it in my mind right yeah. now, <laughs> like the sunset and. Uh. And that's the thing. Like I said, it's a bittersweet ending because you're so happy for the rest of the apes. They're all gonna have you know happy, peaceful lives, or so we believe. But Caesar's not gonna be with there for yeah. them. Corne- Cornelius now has to grow up without his father. Yes. So you you wonder what's gonna become of him. Um, let's get into that right away. Where where do you want to see this series go? Because. Um, Matt Reeves have said that they're looking into other options. I believe they confirmed last year that they are um, prepping yes. a fourth movie. Yes, I Whether heard that's that. the start of a new trilogy or just a standalone, that remains to be seen. But it, it seems like this is going to be continuing. Um, War for Planet of the Apes did win the North American box office this weekend. Okay, cool. I believe it was $56 million, so it got the number one spot. Um, $102 million worldwide. However, it's only released in about a third of its international territories. Okay, so there's they're, still They're some staggering coming. it. So I, this is going to make money. Um, Dawn made well over I'm say, They've all million. been very successful. Yeah, they've all had high grosses, so I expect to see this be very successful um, with the critical reception alone. It, yeah. Great, it's getting just praise. I, I don't everywhere. think I've heard a single bad review. Right. I think the worst thing I heard was that my dad said it wasn't his favorite out of the three. Yeah. And I like took personal offense to it. To me, I feel like the worst thing about it is just how somber it is, like how melancholy mm-hmm. it is. But that's not, you know, a criticism. That's just, you know, that's it's just war. Kind of you thing. Know? Yeah. Um, so where do you want, where do you want to see them go next in, oh. in terms of a story, in terms of a medium? What do you want to see them do? Uh, that's, uh, it's a really good question. I mean, when I, at the very end of it, as soon as it went black, I stayed until the end with the credits and stuff, hoping maybe we would get a little something. Me too, yeah. And we didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, that's fine. A bummer. Because um, it is, technically Caesar's story is over. It's a trilogy. And it was a very strong trilogy. However, I feel like there is so much story left to tell. I mean, when we leave the apes and Nova, there is a beautiful relationship there. Um, you know, Maurice, for all intents and purposes, has adopted nova as his daughter almost he looks out for her he cares for her he protects her and all of the apes really you know cherish her and that is not how humans and apes interact with each other in planet of the apes you know it's a little bit different (laughs) humans are basically slaves or cattle or just you know basically animals in planet of the apes so something has to happen where we kind of really go down a different path with our relationship with the humans. That and this tick, this whole series kind of takes place in the San Francisco area. Yeah. 
Planet of the Apes is in New York City. Spoiler alert. Like, we're a little far away. We have kind of like a transcontinental journey we have to go on. And I feel like that could be a story. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Matt Reeves, there were two things that he said, um, one recently, one in the past, that stand out to me. The first was that, like um, you alluded to, they're apparently building up to the original Planet of the Apes. Okay. This whole thing was they're trying to take the story and get it to that one with Charlton Heston coming back. That's uh, my hope. Yeah. I, well, you know, had all those Easter eggs in yeah. Rise where it's like, you know, oh, we're going to Mars. I oh, they're it. lost in space. And I'm like, Charlton Heston's yep. coming. The first, the first man craft to Mars. Yes. It's like, oh, God, these guys are coming coming back and it's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna end well it's not gonna be what they left behind so I, I like that um he also said that there's other communities of apes out there which is completely believable because like you said this takes place in the san francisco area um the western united states there's a lot more of the united states then so like you said there's more zoos there's more animal sanctuaries mm-hmm. there's um, more science labs right um so they're gonna pro most likely they're gonna encounter other groups of apes so i want to see what other groups of apes are like have they gone through the same hardships that caesar's group have has has uh wow i completely flood my words on that. i'm sorry <laughs> have had um you know maybe they have a little bit better relationship with humans kind of like what caesar had with um the human some of the humans in dawn of planet of the apes are they using them so quickly as cattle or as slaves as they have um, in the older movies, like with the original? The other thing I would love to see, and I don't, I, I wouldn't expect the movies to ever go this route. I want to see what's happening around the world because this I've is. I've always wondered that this is a global pandemic, and I mean, we have Africa and Asia right. where orangutans, chimpanzees, and gorillas are there that's their habitat that's their home yeah not not san francisco what's it like in central africa where the, the <laughs> there's lowland po- gorillas yeah, running the, around yeah, the eight populations that they're greatest what's going on in indonesia and malaysia where there's literally tens of thousands of orangutans how 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 are the humans possibly surviving those numbers like what's going on over there and what are those communities like then caesar's community seems to be you know what would you say a couple hundred maybe if, somewhere yeah, in that range probably probably what, low hundreds what happens when a community of apes is literally thousand strong how do you know what's the leader like in that is there even a leader is it just pack mentality what happens with that oh, oh and for that matter <laughs> does this virus now does it affect other animals like does our bamboo like sorry baboons affected by this are mandrills affected yeah, by this other primates right or is it just lemurs? the apes <laughs> oh my god ringtail lemurs what's going on in madagascar i feel like i want to know what's going i feel like they would be like butlers or something what is the boomafu go- doing <laughs> right now Boomafoo. what's going on with that i want to know what he's up to with this whole pandemic <laughs> So I, I would love to see that, you know, even if they just explore that and say a comic, a TV show, a video game, even a, a novel. I would love to see some I, original I novelizations of these. I want Planet of the Apes books so badly. I'm going to like totally geek out for a minute. I love writing. If you've ever read the Geekiverse, I read a lot or I write a lot of things on there. I have written a Planet of the Apes novel and I just want other books out there. Planet of the Apes books. So get on it. Whatever you are, Sony. Sony own it. Uh, Fox. Fox. Get on it, Fox. And as an upcoming <laughs> author myself, I may want to read that novel <laughs> at some point. I, I would love to. I, I think this series fits so many different mediums. 
because the movies, even though they're blockbusters, even though they're made with, you know, $100, $150 million budgets, they're not crazy choreographed. They don't have these bombastic action sequences where it's, you know, like cars flying through the air or something yeah. wild like that. I feel like you could take that action, put it in text, like literally a paperback novel, and it would be just as exciting, yes. just as compelling. I think there is so much potential with this reboot now of this series. I, I'm in love there's, again. there's so many stories to tell. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we can't put $150 million into a movie, but we can hire this actor, or this actor, this author, to, you know, take this character, write a story for us, you right. know, and dig more into, you know, the orangutans in Malaysia, or, you know, go into more of like Maurice's psyche, you know. Right. Like, this is Planet Get of the Apes it. for a reason. It's not just San Francisco of the Apes. Right. It's not America of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I think we're gonna wrap up. Um, unless there's anything else you really want to throw out there. No, I think we covered it. All I right. could talk about Planet of the Apes all day long. You wrote our review for us for the Geekiverse. Yes. Can you remind me what score you gave it? I believe I gave it an eight point seven five okay. out of ten. Now, uh, yeah. here's my question: Where does this rank? Because we before this even came out, yes. we ranked all the movies. Do you have any idea yet? You know, days, you know, it's not even been a week since you've seen it yet. Um, do you have any idea where this may rank in the whole series? It is a toss up between the second spot and the third spot. Okay. So, my number one is the original Planet of the Apes. Never going to touch it. Um, yeah. It's not, it's untouchable. And that's understandable. Um, my second um, one on the ranking was um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, so, it's contending to either kind of take over Dawn of the Planet of the Apes spot at number two or very closely right after dawn because i just okay. love the apocalyptic feel yeah. because i can in a way put myself in dawn of the planet of the apes in my head and be like well what would i do in this situation right. you know what would i do in order to survive and in war for the planet of the apes i'd probably be dead i'm not a soldier <laughs> so i i really can't relate to it too much um so either number two or number three for me it's way up there yeah i i think i'm in that same boat um for i I do truly believe that the trilogy got better with each movie, so I would probably put this at number two. Um, maybe objectively, it it may be a little bit better than the original, just because the original does have a little bit of There's campiness, a lot of weird a bit, stuff to yeah, it, yeah, a little bit of hokiness to it. Um, however, this the, just the melancholy nature of this. I'm I'm not rushing to rewatch this again anytime soon. <laughs> I need to and, feel a little happier. Right, yeah, not because I disliked it anyway, but it's just it's such a heavy movie. Um, so I would say maybe I don't prefer it as much compared to others, but you know, objectively it's more than likely second best, which is a, a really, really great praise given how good all of these movies have been. Absolutely. Um, you know how to do the social media thing a lot better <laughs> than I do. We don't have Josiah here with us, so we can't, we, we can't, uh, we can't ring him into doing this. However, <laughs> or we could just bring him on. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But we are definitely going to be keeping track on this series. Well, she is. There, there's no doubt uh, about that. This I'm is Plan the Apes fangirl over here. But I'm, I'm all <laughs> I'm in I'm just on happy to find someone else who likes it right. as much as I do. Yeah. Most uh, people are like, Plan the Apes? What's that? Well, you know what it is? I, I think a lot of people only think of the older movies, which, like we said, they have a little bit of hokiness to them, a little yes. bit of campiness to them. There's a lot them. more that you have to be like, all right, I'll let that pass. Yeah. If I mean, if you weren't, if by some chance you weren't into the original Plan of the Apes movies, I would highly suggest you give these newer ones a chance. And 
And I think you'll appreciate the older ones a lot more then. Absolutely. I think, I think these are the movies that would get you into the franchise and then you could branch out into those older yeah. ones and see, okay, well, this is where it grew from. This is where it came from. Yep. And it's not just the, the movies. There's TV shows. There's comics. Right. Um, so there's a whole universe out there that is just waiting to be discovered. <laughs> yeah, uh, they need to get on it right away. Um, we're excited for it. We, we can't wait to see what else comes of this franchise. I'm extremely pumped now. I, yeah. I'm hoping for at least a few more movies. I agree. If not a TV show, a couple of books, you I know, agree. thrown in for fun, a stage musical, you know. Well, <laughs> when we're talking about that, you can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pobbs. Are you on Twitter? I am not on Twitter. You're I'm on only Instagram, on Instagram. Though, right? okay. Yes. Um, my Instagram name is XOXO Mandy Rose XOXO, and Mandy is spelled with an I E because I'm stuck in 2007. Do you have any pictures of your uh, your adoptive orangutan? <laughs> I do actually on my Instagram. <laughs> I do. I have a picture of Meryl. <laughs> So I love her. She's great. Um, so um, so thanks for tuning in with us, guys. Um, we hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed talking about it. We love talking Planet of the Apes. Um, so if you want to ever um, check out anything else, Planet of the Apes or anything else super geeky, um, you can always stick around at the Geekiverse. Um, you can check out our website at thegeekiverse.com. Um, on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Um, Instagram, at thegeekiverse. Twitter, you can find us at the underscore geekiverse. Um, if you're looking for some really sweet, some geek swag, um, you can go to thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. And as always, our podcasts are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search the Geekiverse. But if you are listening to this, you've already found us. So congrats. Amanda, what do you think you're writing next? Because you're on a pretty good spree lately. Oh, what, geez. What, what are you working on? Uh, I just got a bunch of stuff out from D23 Expo. Um, that is the official Disney fan club. So there's lots of exciting stuff coming out of there with Star Wars Land and all of the live action Disney movies coming out. So I'll probably be doing a bit more stuff with that. Um, always Star Wars, Disney, Avengers, things like that. How about you? Well, uh, I got Splatoon coming out this week for the Nintendo Switch. I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy, so I'll be buying that day one and reviewing that eventually. Uh, I think my next TV or movie thing to focus on is going to be Voltron Season 3 on Netflix. Uh, I've, been, I've been in love with that ever since it came back, so I'll be binging that the weekend it comes out. And just anything, you know, after that, anything Nintendo, anything Giant Monsters, and hopefully more Planet of the Apes. I want more Planet of the more Apes! More Planet of the Apes! Together, Ape Strong. Oh.